Hey guys, brand new podcast and welcome to the brand new podcast studio. This is it. We've been waiting for this for a long time. We're not totally set and we've done a bunch of podcasts in here. I just got done. As you will see, if we have a wide shot, you'll see the tequila. This episode was with Chris Porter. It was a three and a half hour podcast. This is what I want when it comes to a podcast. I sincerely appreciate you. Um, sticking around for these zooms i know the zooms haven't been ideal it's not the best way to do a podcast we got to have better guests in some of them um that we wouldn't normally get to have but it's not the way i like to do a podcast the way i want to do a podcast is with a couple cocktails a personal conversation i wanted to digress i want you to be laying in bed at two in the morning and go oh i can't go to sleep what am i gonna listen to throw on Burtcast and hear me and chris porter babble on about dreams and then you just, just, that's how I listen to podcasts. I, li I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time on the treadmill, but mostly I listen to them in bed. I get in bed, I throw on a podcast, and I want it to be warm. These aren't the chairs we're going to use. The lighting will get better. We just got all new lighting. These are the cameras. So this is, by the way, I love when fans give notes about cameras and camera angles. I love all that. So, hey, you know me, I'm not a big guy to go on Twitter and, and get your notes. I want those notes. I want those notes. Uh, this Burcast sign, we have a wide shot. This, By the way, Halston's got a switcher. Oh, yeah. I wish I had a camera on Halston. Halston's got a whole setup over there. We got a switcher. This Burcast sign, I love. My buddy Chase Friedman uh, was the person that gave me this sign. My, my, my team that I work with bought me the sign for Christmas. But Chase, who if you don't know or follow... Uh, was turned uh, turned into a quadriplegic, paralyzed. How do you say it? Paralyzed on New Year's Eve this year. He was the one that gave me. He brought this sign to my house, and so the sign has special meaning to me because Chase brought it to me. And I, I watched Chase's uh, been trying to regain the movement of his four limbs, his arms, and his legs. And he just walked up the rocky steps. I watch out on my Instagram. Um, uh oh, my daughter's here. Do we get my daughter or a wife on this podcast? Get Leanne in here, right? Yeah, go get Leanne. Go get Leanne. So this is the intro to the podcast. We have a great podcast with Nate Bargatze. This is when you see my hosting chops. My hosting chops are fucking legit. Say what you want to say. Babe, come in here for a sec. We are doing the intro to my first, to first time anyone's going to see the podcast studio. It's Nate Bargatze's podcast. Could you sit down for two seconds? And because th this is all you. That is tequila. I just did a great podcast with Chris Porter. That's going to come up. Chris and I uh, did. We did. You really drank that whole bottle of tequila? Well, Chris drank the majority of it. I mean, uh. but here, I want to pay a little respect. Because we're talking about the podcast studio. Mm -hmm. We're doing an intro for the Nate Bargatze podcast. We've already done the read. All we got to do is wrap this up. Me and you are in and out of here the second you call it. Okay. But I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart Aww. for this studio. You're welcome. This is you. Well, I mean, your sisters helped. My sisters did sure. that wall. And uh, But I kind of figured it out and said what I wanted. You, I love these the pictures. These pictures are done by Brett Brock. Yes, all of these, them. all these pictures are done by Brett Brock. Brett Brock's my favorite artist, and this was a fun point in my career. And I'm, I, I want to just take two seconds to talk about this because 
this is 2017. This is when I started to reclaim myself as an entertainer and say, I'm going to be in charge of me touring, selling tickets. I'm going to make posters. I'm going to put posters online. I'm going to do promo videos. I'm going to really focus on my podcast. So the the fact that this whole wall is 2017. Uh, I think there's some 18 as well. 18. Yeah. But this means this wall means a lot to me. And these posters mean a lot to me. And I was explaining this, this was delivered to us by Chase Friedman right before we went to, yeah. And we just watched him walk Walk, up the rocky steps. We did. Yes. It's awesome. I'm ready to get these loose ends tied up, like these hanging wires and stuff. That drives me crazy. Well, so hopefully- do me a favor, and, and if, if you can, for just two seconds, mm-hmm. talk about where the plans of this. How do you have this planned out? Because Leanne and I kind of have both worked out where we want this to be. I kept saying, I want this to be a real loose hang. The way the, the fun drinking Burt cast used to be, where like Big J Oakerson, Louis J. Gomez, everyone would roll in, and, and, and we'd have like five, nine people in there. Like how do so you've already bought the furniture, but this is not the furniture we're going to be using. No, it's uh, as everything with COVID, it's on its way, but it's been on its way for a while. So we're waiting on the the chairs. We got um, leather chairs coming. Mm-hmm. Yep, leather chairs. We have old school Leanne Chrysler or Leanne Kemp. Really, we have mm. these great um, stumps. They're not really stumps that we, we had to, unfortunately we had to cut several trees down on this property and they, I asked them to just cut the, the trees up for firewood because I hated to just throw the trees in the garbage. So they cut these enormous, um, ash trees into big chunks and they didn't split the wood. So it's like the whole tree. So it's not really a trunk, but it's like a part of the trunk of the tree um, it's not the stump. It's, the, it's like part of the trunk of the tree that they yeah. sliced that we're going to strip the bark off and finish and make them into our side tables. I love this space. I really love this space. I'm so happy with the space. And it. I would say that the energy of the podcast has shifted, wouldn't you? It's a little bit different than the than the man cave. Is it shifted for the better? Or? I think so. I think so. I mean, the podcast we did with Greg Fitzsimmons and Mike Gibbons, it's one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Oh, I heard you guys laughing all the way across the yard. Everything we've done in here has been great, but I think the energy is just going to get better the the closer we get into. So what I want the cameras to be done, just to give you listeners and, and geeks like myself, when Rogan got the new studio, I was like all over it. I was like, dude, Googling it, take reading people's comments. I was into it. And I want your notes. I want your notes. I Please definitely want your notes. Please leave out of your notes the messiness that are these cords. I know. And the fact that that's going to be a little backlit. We have lights coming in. We're going to we're going to light this a little bit. Not a ton. I don't want it to feel like a TV production studio. I want the realness of the man cave. And I want your notes about that. But I want the cameras are going to be drilled into the walls. Probably the same shots. Right? Um, and... Uh, and then we should have four chairs here, all leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I would love to have those those stumps, not not stumps, but like tree trunks. Tree trunks. I would love to have all these drilled into there, so it's really easy. If you're having a hard time seeing the people's face through the microphones, let us know about that. But I'm I'm very 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 grateful, and and proud to to introduced the studio to everyone for the first time yeah it's exciting and you did all of this i did a lot of it yeah all of it 
uh, pretty, not all of it. Your sisters did this My wall. sisters did that wall. They fucking murdered it, by the way. But like. Andrew hung some pictures. Andrew did. Halston, Halston. Everyone's busted their ass yeah, to make these Yeah, everyone has. Possible. But this definitely was my vision. Yeah. Right? And this was your vision. It was my vision. Yeah. And we went back and forth, whether to have a mm -hmm. table in the mm -hmm. center, like a la, like couch, old school, or, or new, same Rogan, Rogan, table in the center, a couch and chairs. Mm -hmm. We're opting with. Four chairs. Four chairs. Mm -hmm. Four chairs in a circle. It's the, by the way, and it will lean itself into, in my opinion, uh, four guest podcasts. Because two guest podcasts is a great podcast. Three guest podcasts is amazing. Four is where you don't, it's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. People just take the, uh, that's my favorite. Okay. And then hopefully soon we'll get to unleash Leanne's podcast studio. Well, we all know where our priorities lie. <laughs> Mine is underway, but it's still worst. I had to. I had to get. I had to get um, this one up and running first. Leanne's a savage. I am a savage. I work all day, every day, seven days a week. I do. I'm not sure it's entirely healthy, but it's not. I don't really know how to be anybody else. So. Yeah. What are you going to do? I get shit done. Get shit done. I get shit done. I got this done. I got this done in three days. It was kind of intense. Would your motto be wake up, get shit done? I get shit done before I wake up. My brain's already getting shit done. <laughs> I don't even have to wake up. <laughs> I don't know. This is how I, this is the environment I grew up in. My mom was not like this, but this was my dad. Wake, wake up, up, get, get shit, shit done. done every day. Wake up. Get shit done. Every day. My yeah. motto is work hard, get treats. That is your Yours motto. Yours is wake, wake up, up, get, get shit, shit done. done. You're right. We need a shirt that what says. What do you think Isla's motto is? Don't. <laughs> I think it's avoid don't mama. wake up. Avoid mom. <laughs> Postpone waking up as long as possible. Avoid mom you, as much as possible. What do you think possible. George's motto is? Wake up, shit at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> right. Wake up, hold your shit until after school. Who the fuck shits at uh, nine o'clock at night? Your daughter. All right. Let's go have brisket. Let's do it. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to share this with the people watching. That's because very I'm sweet very of proud you. of this studio. I very I'm, I very much love this studio. Yeah. Everything you should be seeing in the future will be weaning off the Zooms and 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 just doing live podcasts in here. We have a bunch logged. And then in, in a couple months, few months, then everything will be rigged and everything's going to look pretty. All the polish will be in place. All the polish will be in place. We're not quite polished. Not, not quite polished yet. So bear with us. It's a work in progress. But this work in progress is only here because of my beautiful wife. I Aww. absolutely love you. Thank I you, can't babe. tell you enough how much I love you. All the things I have in my life are because of you. Oh, I love you I will you too. never cheat on you except for with Cindy Crawford if it offers. And you got to <laughs> give me that, right? Maybe. Okay. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Today's podcast, without further ado, he's got a Netflix special called The Greatest Average American. He is my friend. We toured together. I love this guy. He's got a very... Uh, uh, an awesome podcast called Nate Land. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my buddy, Nate Bargatze. This is...
right. You know, when I first, when I first, when I first did a podcast with you, it was me, you and Kyle Kinane. And you were like, just so you know, I'm not really good at podcasts. And I was like, oh, cool. And now you have your own podcast. Hey, now I'm yeah, now- <laughs> I know. What uh, I did, you, did you just get just done golfing? No, no, I always just look like this, but it's, uh, I, uh, I just got back from Phoenix, but I just did, I just recorded my podcast. I did it early where I woke up, uh, you know, what time do you wake? You wake up early, right? I wake up early. I woke up at, uh, well, I woke up at five forty-five this morning, uh, but yeah, but that's, it's not, but it's what not like a healthy wake up. It's an anxiety wake up. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Uh, I don't know. It depends. Last night, uh, I think probably like ten o'clock. Uh, I don't know. I I got I had a tr- my I, I worked out with my personal trainer yesterday, and uh, I had a yeah. I had a conversation about wine. Uh, I had a phone call about wine, so I had a glass of wine and did my recovery boots, and I was ready for bed the second I got home. Yeah, I've you know I've gone to bed at <clears throat> before midnight. I would say. In 18 years of comedy, I would say, I've, I mean, five times I've done it <laughs> For real? Yeah. I, I just, uh, there's some days where, you know, where you just like have had enough, where you just yeah. are like, this day is just, I'm just done. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm always up past midnight every time. I mean, because don't you think, I look at it as like, we have to be, it's like professional athletes. They have to, you know, I watched UFC fights this weekend. Those dudes are fighting at 10 o'clock at night, like yeah. 10 p.m. at night. They have to be their most peak awake, hidden on all cylinders, you know, <clears throat> and that's how I look at myself, you know, as a, I got to be peak and awake. Doing, so you keep, uh, so you just, you have your, you just keep your clock uh, dialed into midnight for, so that anytime you're working, that's just your, that's your five o'clock in the afternoon. That's about five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and so then I, I can get in a little bit of a routine. I like at night to, you know, I don't get to really watch TV during the day. And so at night I want to watch some TV. So I like to watch TV on the couch. I kind of like, I always eat something bad. Ice Wait, cream or something. Uh, this, is gra- this is an interesting question. I want walk me through the average day in Nashville. Cause I, I, I have a picture of what I think you do, but it starts with like golf at 10 AM. All right. Is it I that you go like horses? Like, all right, you got to, you tie your horse right after you tie your horse up. <laughs> what, what are we doing? You know, you go, you, you go hang out with some country Western music star, have, have yeah. chicken and waffles. <laughs> next. What's next after that? Uh, no, so, do, you, do, you, no, do you play golf every day? I play golf uh, every day. I do something every day uh, golf related. So uh, I make sure I at least putt or chip or I do something. So a typical day for me if, if outside of this would be I would get up. I've been working out in the morning. So I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if I do that, I usually have a tea time around 11. So when I, I would get done at 1045, I'll then come here, get ready for golf, and then I go out and play at 11. And I'll go play 18 holes and and then be done, and my daughter gets home from school around. Four. Wait, same same guys every day. Uh, basically, same kind of group. Uh, we played a lot with a lot of baseball guys because there's a, so uh, Sonny Gray pitches for the Cincinnati Reds. 
and then uh, Mike Yastrzemski, who uh, Carlson played. Yeah, it is. It's his grandson. Oh wow! And uh, so he he's got some. Great, he's very funny. He's got some great stories with him uh, with his grandfather. His grandfather. His grandfather played with Ted Williams. Yeah. And first time he, he's a rookie, and Ted Williams uh, goes, "I want to take you out fishing on a boat." He's like, "I'm gonna take you out." And Carl's like, okay. Uh, so he's like, meet here. We're going to leave at, you know, eight in the morning. We're going to go fish. So Carl's he's a rookie. He's me. Ted Williams, basically the greatest at the, you know, it's yeah. runs, owns the team basically. And he's got a six pack of beer. And right before he sits on the boat, uh, Ted Williams goes, oh, there's no drinking on this boat. And Carl goes, well, I guess there's no fishing either. And he left. <laughs> <laughs> Go. You would think as a young baseball player, you would just go, all right, that's fine. It's, I need, it would be nice to be around Ted Williams. Yeah. And he was like, all right, well, I'll see you, man. <laughs> he left. Uh, he, uh, you should also, his first home run was at, he, he, he put, he, uh, he's at, he's in this place with the San Francisco Giants. He was kind of a late bloomer. They, all these guys played at Vanderbilt too. So that's where all the Nashville ties come from. Oh, all these all these guys you play golf with played at Vanderbilt. Played baseball at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And our and our baseball team is uh like top in the country. So a lot of David Price went to Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, uh a ton of people. Uh uh another local guy I've golfed with who's Mookie Betts. He's he's from here. Really? Uh and I've golfed with him uh a few times and so he he loves playing and you know i don't know him super well but just uh he called me dell the whole first time we played i never corrected him <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just he was like dell i did it's it gets embarrassing when you're like you know i'm 41 you're so much older than these people and you're like that's fine you can call me dell it's like a kid he's like a kid yeah <laughs> and you want to be like you just you should call me yes, sir, as your elder. <laughs> uh, he uh, so they, but Yaz like so his first uh, major league game was at Boston Red Sox Stadium, Fenway Park. Yeah. Carl throws the first pitch out to hit to Yaz, which has never been done. No one's ever thrown a first pitch to the opposing team player, but yeah. they did it because it was family. Carl Yastrzemski in Boston can do it every once. Yaz gets up, first at bat, home run. Hits wow. a home run. The crowd loses it. It was the loudest. And, I mean, he hit it for the other team. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the crowd, it's the loudest applause. I mean, I mean, they, people went nuts. His grandfather's there. It's the biggest deal in the world. It's, it's, like, such a cool story. And he's, like, such a great guy. So, it was awesome. So, you guys text every night. Like, at, at night, do you guys go, hey, who's in for golf? Or is it just whoever shows up? We text uh, – yeah, we, we kind of got a group text. Shay Mooney, you know, Dan and Shay, uh, yeah. he lives here, so I golf with him a lot. So, like, there's and another guy, Doug. There's, like, a there's a group of – me and Doug, this one other guy, play – he was in the band Safety Suits, if anybody knows that band. And he uh, <laughs> he writes – he just is a music writer now. But me and him play competitive. Like, we, we would always play every week for, like, 250 bucks. And then yeah. each round is – now that money just kind of goes back and forth. You never really even go in it or whatever. But me and him just play a lot. And then uh, then another guy, the Sonny and the Wyatt. There's just a bunch of guys. So yeah, we have a group text being like, "Hey, we're playing this week. Uh, you know, uh, who wants to go out?" And 
Yeah, that's what you do. That's, a, that's how a lot of it works. You get some games. I like my little group that I play with. Uh, yeah. You know, you kind of just stick to that. Like, I, it's fun. There's Can a, you, could you, could you go out and play on. with, do you like playing with like three strangers? Uh, I mean, I've done it. I've been a single before, but no, I don't. I you know? But it. if you go on the road, I, yeah. Well, you got to try to go get, play and like on the road, you try to get like private courses. So you just try to get hooked up. You know, we just went to, I played at Silverleaf, which is a very nice course. You go to Phoenix. We did Scottsdale Nationals, Silverleaf, and Whisper Rock. Scottsdale, and Scottsdale Nationals, uh, is that a PXG, PGX? Yeah. Yeah. PXG. Yeah, PXG. That's PXG. Club, they gave you clubs. Yeah. That, uh, Bob. Is that his name? Bob? Bob Parsons. Bob Parsons. Nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so I he, he was the first guy I ever felt really emasculated, not like wearing a mask in front of, because you could just tell he's a man. Like you, like you put on your, I put on a mask because he was coming up and, and he didn't have a mask on because he's at, it's outdoors. It's his place. I think everyone's been COVID tested. It's there. Yeah. Like, and I just, I just did it out of respect. And I just looked at him and I was like, this guy served like four tours in Vietnam. He's yeah. a fucking, and I just was like such a bitch going like, I was just doing this. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're like, Bob, I, I have it. So <laughs> but I'm not canceling this trip. I, uh, I'm telling a joke on stage now, or just a little quick joke. but saying like, have you been to a place where it was uncomfortable to have your mask on? Where you just walk in and you like take it off and you're like, yeah, sorry about that. You know, like you just got to go with them. <laughs> like I've been to a gas station that was like a little bit further outside of Nashville and I walked in with that, my mask. And I mean, I just, I just took it off and I was like, so I apologize for having it on. Cause they, yeah. you did the, you did the joke. You put it on Instagram that I loved. Uh, how many people say they got COVID? They're uh, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had it. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> had it. And now it's like everybody's got the vaccine. That's all they're talking about now is the vaccine. I got the vaccine. Did you get the vaccine? I got the vaccine. You know, dude, I did a podcast with Dr. Drew, and I was I was saying to Dr. Drew that I have superior genetics. I I don't know what I was saying. You know, I was like on a one of those rants where I'm just bragging because Tom got hurt and I didn't get hurt, and I'm just like, yeah. I don't know, man. I guess I just I just can, you know, I I think I'm gonna live forever. And Drew calls me like two days later. He's like, I tested positive for COVID. You should get tested. And I was like, what? And he goes, I guess we're going to test that out and see if you can live forever, huh? I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> but I didn't get it. I was with him. I was with him within five feet for two hours. Never got COVID. See, I wonder if you could be immune to it. There's got to be, I mean, because you have to think there are people that had it and had no idea they had it. So I remember, you know, it's like we, you do think about that time you get, like, say, I got really sick, but I think it was like uh, two years ago, a year ago. And where I had to cancel shows, the only time I've ever had to cancel a show from being sick. Uh, but I don't typically get sick. We always say our immune system, or I've talked to people with us traveling as much, we have a pretty good immune system. Yeah, We're I never get sick. So people, all those meet and greets, all this other stuff, you're just, you're, our immune system is through the roof. Uh, I'm a honeypot. So all I've done is do shirtless meet and greets with shirtless dudes who are sweating all over me and I'm sweating all over them. And I never get sick on the road, but I think I live in a, in a state of, in a state of recover. Like, I think I'm constantly trying to recover, you know, from booze yeah. and eating poorly. And then I get on the treadmill and I just work out and I don't know. I try to sweat it out. That's what's crazy to me is how much you can run. I, that's where I would give in. I would buy into, you got something, you got something. Cause how much, how bad you eat and how long you're running. Uh, Unless you, know, you would I, give I, it that 
whoop watch to another person that you know once you're in <laughs> and then you go all right everybody i'll be right back like a guy like a like one of those marathon guys and you and then you get back on yeah hang on one second i gotta punch this dog in the fucking throat hang on one second she's killing me mona mona Get out of here. Go, 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 go. Get inside. Stop barking. You're driving me fucking nuts. Ah, we put the wrong dog down, Nate. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, I think what it is with me is I think I'm, I get, I, I don't know why I don't, I think I feel like I, I have to do the hard work in order to kind of stay healthy. Yeah. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to quit drinking. I, I love, I was, I was talking to George Lopez yesterday and he was talking about the first time he ever played golf and the way he described it, where he had a, a couple cold uh, silver bullets with his buddy. And he was like, and I loved it. And I, I literally was like, Oh, I'm drinking Coors Light tonight. And I, I, yeah. and then I ended up having a glass of wine and, but I don't want to quit drinking, but I don't, I think also I don't have that thing that, um, like I, I've had, I've talked to a bunch of people that are alcoholics, like legit, legit alcoholics. Like, like Nick Thune. Have you ever heard Nick Thune's story about quitting drinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with Nick. Yeah. You? Oh, you yeah. were. Uh, some of I've talked to Nick a lot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, so I yeah I know Nick's. Uh, yeah, like that. That is like legit. Like, holy shit, man! Like, I and and what's funny is I, it's almost like swimming in an ocean and, and then they go there's sharks in there and you're like wait i didn't see them and they're like they were right under you we were flying a drone they were swimming right under you nick came over one morning and, and was like hey man uh i'm gonna need like a pull of vodka or something and i was like i was like sure i didn't i just i didn't even see it as a problem i was like yeah let's have a drink and made drinks and i was like who doesn't want to have a drink doing a podcast i always do you know and, yeah. uh, and then, and then he told me a story and I was like, Whoa, shit, man. I didn't know about that. I remember there was a, a lady that worked at comedy central who had a drinking problem, but I, I was, it was almost like I was oblivious to it. Cause I was like, in my head, I'm Did like, yeah, What's that? No, I go, I go, yeah, man, who doesn't <laughs> want to have a drink at lunch? I mean, you, you, yeah. <laughs> if I got shit to do, I can't. And if I'm driving, I can't, but if I got a ride and we're all going to have a drink and it's going to be fun. And then you hear the story of like, yeah. And then she would just like get blackout drunk and you're like what the fuck like so i i don't know i i well it depends on how you handle your booze you also got to realize that there's a great rob Lowe talked on uh howard stern once about not drinking and he had to tell himself because you typically think a problem is that like you know it's i remember seeing a guy when i mean my job i had before when i started company reading i read water meters uh i was talking about like i, I did whatever i worked for the county i would have done whatever job that is uh but i remember this kid this dude would show up to work drunk at 6 a.m we'd be at to work 6 a.m he'd come there and i mean he shouldn't have drove he was black yeah. blackout drunk and he would just drink all night and he would drink and he did it every day and uh it was the first time i was ever around where i was like seeing it where i was like dude this is nuts dude yeah. he'd go for lunch he'd have to go drink uh we got in a fight he got he was, he was drunk and one day we're reading all these water meters in a trailer park and he takes his shoe off and throws it at me. And it looks, I mean, it looks like we belong in this trailer park. Like it was just like a normal day. Like just even the people reading the water meters are fighting like idiots. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, so Rob Lowe always would say that that 
you know, you think a problem is like, you got to be that guy. Yeah. But like, for me, I haven't drank in a couple of years, but the problem for me was years? like, is it a couple of years? Uh, I think so now close. You know, I don't even remember the exact day. I remember I was at Charlotte comedy zone was the last place I drank. Uh, uh-huh. It was the last club. Uh-huh. It was the last kind of club I did before we were starting theaters. Uh, and so you, you, so you, you never, you went, you jumped into theaters and never drank, never had a cocktail at theaters. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I just knew that I was, I knew as for writing comedy and for how much, like, I'm going to have to like, these specials are going to come out. I'm going to have to have this material turned around. If I drink that my productivity will go extremely far down. Cause you know, like you'd get excited about, I would get excited about Thursday night at a club and then you go out Thursday night and then Friday to Saturday, Friday to Sunday, I'm just trying to get through the shows. I'm not really trying any jokes. Oh, really? I would feel, I would just kind of feel, I would always feel really bad, especially if I went really hard. I always felt very sluggish. I felt very, now a lot of it too is I eat like the worst. I can't not eat bad. I can't, you know, I I don't eat, I eat a lot of restaurants. I eat out all the time. Uh, I don't know how to eat good. I don't know how to flip that switch to cut off. Like I eat ice cream every night, dude, every night. I can go get a Sonic Blast. (laughs) <laughs> or like you know, every night, dude. Every night, I get the. I've even got the. I get the large one, and it's un. It's uncomfortable for people to see it. That's how big it is. And they go, uh, like, they're like, "Is that for your family?" And I'm like, "I mean, it's not even. It's too much. It's too much for my family. My whole family should. A normal family should be able to get through it. And I can get through. I could eat a pint of ice cream. I mean, a quart." And it's like, forget about it, dude. I can sit there and eat it all day long. And I have a very hard time not doing that stuff. And so, the, and so, 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 so that, that couple by the booze, you would, cause I, I, I don't know, man. I, part of me loves the, the art, the, the, like the, the romanticism of being on the, like I miss, I don't miss doing clubs. I'd much more enjoy theaters, way more enjoy yeah. theaters, but like, I, I don't, but I also don't drink during stand up. I don't drink on stage. I'll bring a drink with me, but I don't touch it. Um, I never drink I, much on stage. Yeah, like a walk. You'd see, uh, you know, get people to drink like beers on yeah. stage. They're like, go and bring me another one. And I'm like, how do you have that much time to be drinking? You know, I don't even touch my water really. I just yeah, have I make it out. A, I make a double Tito's and soda and I do not touch it and I yeah. pour it out and I just go and I feel bad pouring it out because I go, I'm like, God, man, I could have had a cocktail, but if I have one drink, if I have like two sips of a drink in between shows, I'm fucking shit for the next show. I'm like shit. And I just don't, it's not worth it for me, but I also, but you don't I, feel awful the next day no. like after drinking. No. Like, so you just don't have hangovers. I don't have hangovers. I don't, I don't allow myself to have hangovers. Like if I, if, and, and also if I work out, it goes away immediately. So like, uh, I'm trying to think of, um, of a day that I had like a, uh, we came back, we came back, uh, like Saturday night, we went to San Diego, me and the girls, and mm-hmm. we had a great Saturday and Leanne, Leanne has this thing that she does now where she'll go signature cocktail and I get excited. It gets me like my heart skips a beat. And so we'll make like a nice signature cocktail and enjoy a signature cocktail. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, we ended up getting a signature cocktail and then I had like a cold beer at like four in the afternoon on the, on the, on the porch overlooking the ocean. 
I was fucking yeah. awesome. And I tied one on. I tied one on that night. And Sunday morning I get up and I'm like, I don't feel hungover. I just feel like I go, uh, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. And so I just go to the yeah. beach and I go run five miles and I go. And then when I come back, my fucking sugars are good. I've had some coffee in me. I saw a beautiful sunrise. I'm feeling fucking awesome. And then I'm like, come on guys, let's get packed up. Let's go down to the beach. Let's go shopping. Let's go find some crystals. Like, I don't know. I, I get, I, I, I noticed that if I sweat hard, it goes away entirely. Like it, it, it's no, yeah. there's no such thing as feeling I, I, like I, shit. I can see that. Y'all buy crystals. Oh yeah. I'm really like, into crystals right now. What does that do? Uh, I just, I nothing probably, but I like, um, yeah, I think, I, it's, more, I think it's more than probably it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my daughters are into crystals and and you'll see this one day my oldest daughter and i are just having a hard time connecting because yeah. i am everything i am i epitomize everything that her and her generation despise and so yeah. so uh but she's into crystals and and jewelry so i've been fucking buying okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah 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 I, yeah i would do it if my daughter wanted to do it i would, yeah. I would dive all in <laughs> you know, especially when you don't have a boy, you know, and you got two girls, like we have one girl, but like American girl, like I'll go buy, I'm like, I'm going to go buy. I'm like, I would buy GI Joe's for a son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if you do American girl, you're, you're American girl. I want her. She's going to have a car. Like we're going to do, you know, you want to go do the whole, whatever, you know, whatever she wants to do. Yeah. And I'm trying to cram it. my entire, I feel like I, I'm trying to cram my fatherhood into like one month. So I'm like, trying to do everything with them all day long. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, I feel very lucky that this pandemic has allowed me time to spend time with the girls. Cause they would not, I would not have gotten this time. And, and I've spent so much time on the road away from them. I'm yeah. like, I feel very, very, very lucky that we are watching right now. We're watching the stand. So every night we all get together and watch the stand and it's been great. Uh, what, how's it, what's it been like? Has, has, is Nashville flooded with comics now? I heard like, Everyone's moving to Nashville and Texas. Yeah, Theo's here, Steve Byrne, Josh Wolf. Uh, maybe some more moving here, and then yeah. So they yeah. I mean, they're all they're all down here. I mean, uh, it's been great. The scene. Danny started doing like Monday new material night and Tuesdays, so we can go down like and just pop on and do some shows. And what's the hard part about this COVID is all this planning to be like, well, when we go back on the road then we're not going to get to do anything. Like I'll, I'll catch myself being like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that. Like you can be, you know, it's, it's like, I'm going to go like, what if we bought some land somewhere? You know, you think like do something. And then it's like, when I'm on the road, I'm, I'll just be like, Oh yeah, I'd never go out there. There's a lot of, yeah. you know, impulse thoughts. Cause you think, yeah, let's run our own show at Zany. What if we did something like that? What if we did? And then it's going to be like, yeah, dude, we're going to be on the road and it's going to be over. Like do you have got, plans? Oh, do you have plans of going on the road? I just went to stand up live. You're doing clubs now? Yeah. I did Phoenix uh this weekend as well. I went to stand up live and did 100, half, 100 half, capacity? Half capacity? No, yeah. It's 300 people. I mean, like, you know, 270. That room sits 650 or something. Yeah. And they have uh they did they put plexiglass in between the tables, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all that stuff, whatever. And, uh, it was great. Uh, and then I'm doing Huntsville and, uh, I'm doing a bunch of dates. Miami. I'm doing Miami improv 
every every show is basically kind of sold out on the tour except Miami. Miami is tough. That is, uh, there's just no one going to like. That's not my market. Uh, <laughs> Miami. Miami's a weird there. market. It's very. It's not. Uh, you're right. It's not. I don't know. I mean, do they have a club? Is Joel have a club down there again? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that old club that would it would this it would split? I loved it. it yeah, like P, I, it was well. The, the you'd come out of the green room. The door would open up to the stage, and you just yeah. would walk on stage. It's very funny. You could lock that door on someone, and then they <laughs> can't get back in. And they're on stage in front of everybody. Uh, <laughs> and then they had like the way it went in the middle was like a V shape, so the audiences couldn't see each other. Yeah, like they, they, that. I always thought the rhythm was kind of weird. So know? what's so you're so uh, when when do you go back into theaters? Do you think? Supposed to be, in, I'm supposed to do Reno and uh, Vegas in July, and then August. July. Holy shit! Yeah, how crazy then, is that? Is that are you saying good or bad? Like, no, it's great. I just I didn't think things were going to be open that quick. <laughs> well, uh, that's Reno and Vegas, and which yeah. could be different. And then uh, August is uh, August is kind of it's on. I'm supposed to start August sixth. The kind of full on back, but that, that whole month could get canceled yeah. and then are getting rescheduled again. So then they're looking at September, but I mean, that's what I mean. If everybody gets these vaccines, dude, then you need to let everybody go back to normal. Oh yeah. I think there's no stopping it. I mean, I, things are going back to normal in LA. Our girls are starting school up in a couple in like a week or something. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I, th I think there's, and they just said in LA, you can hang, if you've been vaccinated, th this is, I love that they go, if you've been vaccinated, you can now hang out with other people that have been vaccinated. Uh, thanks for the heads up there. Uh, no yeah. shit. <laughs> you think yeah. I was, we think I was going to still follow your rules when I got vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to, it's like, how do you know that they got vaccinated? I mean, we're going to see, you're going to be like, uh, once I get vaccinated, I'm fucking raw dogging everybody. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But they, but how are they going to know that? How are you going to know someone else got vaccinated? You know, I don't care like, if I get vaccinated. I don't give a shit. I don't care either. I know that's what I'm saying. But I think they're going to chip everybody. <laughs> like that's your next step. <laughs> then you're going to be like, hey, you got to have a chip in your forehead or your arm, and it's like, and then they got to scan it. You know, you're doing the you're doing all the menus at restaurants where you you do the you take a picture of the and it pops up. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be able to do that and be like, we vaccinated. My parents uh, yeah, got my, go ahead. What do you say? What were you going to say? It should open. I agree. If once May and everybody's had the chance to be vaccinated, it should be 100% off and running. No mask. Like, let's go. I agree. I'm fucking ready for it. I'm ready for it. And I'm like, like I had a bunch of friends. Uh, they were like line, line skippers, line hoppers or whatever, who, you know, got a chance to get a vaccine. They just waited at the end of the line or whatever. And I was like, I was like, I don't really give a fuck. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but you know, I was going to, I said to myself, I was like, I'll wait until it's offered to me. For the most part, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't the highlight of our careers or it defined our careers. <laughs> now, thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language app, there's an addictive, fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you're traveling abroad, connecting on a deeper way with your family or just having some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually lose use in the real world. 
my favorite, I've talked about this before. I don't know where, but the girls tried to learn. We went to Bali. No, was it Bali? It was Bali. And the girls tried to learn Balinese pickup phrases, but they just ended up learning the American versions. And so they just said it to waiters. They just do pickup lines on waiters. <laughs> my point is, it can be really fun. 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Babbel designs their course with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things you get to use in everyday life. Other languages, learning apps use AI for their lessons, but Babbel lessons are created by over 100,000 other language learning apps use AI for their learning plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching methods have been scientifically proven effective with Babbel. You can choose from, choose from over 14 different languages, including English, Spanish, French, German, Italian. I say English because I'm not speaking English right now because I've had a couple drinks. Here's my point. Right now, you can purchase a three-month Babbel subscription and you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of just three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code BERT at checkout. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com and use the code BERT at checkout for an extra three months for free. Babbel, language for life. We, we, we uh, sold something together and she goes, I need to get myself like a present. And I said, what do you mean? She goes like, I don't know, like something to like signify this is a really big move. And I was like, well, what am I going to get myself? And she goes, well, why would you get something? And I was like, well, I sold it with you. She was like, yeah, but what, what would you get? And I was like, I don't know what I'll get a fucking watch. And she was like, well, that's stupid. And I was like, well, why is it stupid for me to get something? And then I heard other people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, someone said, I, I, uh, George Lopez was talking about he sold something and he got a, he got a house or something. And Burr was talking about maybe I should get a watch or someone else was telling me that about that. Do you ever do that? Like when you do a special, do you reward yourself? I have a watch. So every special and I kind of did it every special <clears throat> I bought a watch. And so, and I wear it on the special and, uh, you know, back to my, just like my hour long conversation special. Uh, so I have like a tag watch for that. And then it was, you know, that was like the first one that I did one for the uh, Tennessee kid, just the hour long specials. And then uh, I did one for this special that's coming out now, but they gave, it was, it's an Omega watch. And so I wanted the one that I wore and I was going to engrave it with the special that it is. And then, so after, you know, I mean, I'm hoping to be, when I turn, I'm 41, about to be 42. And so when I turn 50, if I can do a special every two years, I'll have like six specials. And then uh, I'll be like, then have all these specials. You have these watches. These watches mean something to me. There's a reason. But the Omega one, they just loaned it to me. And I try to get it back. I don't know like that world. And so I was like, I want to buy the watch. And they're like, we well, can't buy this one. But you can buy one like it. I'm like, no, I got to have the one that yeah, I wore. <laughs> like, I can't have another one. It can't be like, well, that one's similar. So I was like, I need the one that I wore. Who and loaned it like, to you? Yeah. Omega? Yeah. Because they rent it out. It was like an... You know, it's like they're like, well, we, it's the one that we like let people wear for shows. It's not a crate. I know. And I, if I would have known any of this, I would have just kept the watch and been like, well, just bill it to me. Yeah. Uh, and I did it because I didn't know. But so I, I'm trying to get that watch back because I do. I do want that. I want a, a watch for every uh, special. 
and a different watch. And then that way it's at least, you know, you wear it out. You're like, ah, oh, I got this for, you know, you wear your Rolex, right? Like your dad, uh, my dad gave me a Rolex. Yeah. I don't wear it anymore. I wear it like on special occasions. Like if I'm shooting a, not even if I'm shooting a TV show, but I, I wear, I have this uh, Garmin that I fucking, that tracks my running and I'm running, I'm trying to do 2000 miles this year. So I'm, I, I'm fucking charge it, recharging it every other goddamn day. But, uh, but I, I have a golf Garmin watch. Uh, a golf Garmin? Golf one, yeah. Yeah. I got one of those yeah. too. Yeah. And so I wear that and I just did this back caddy. It's a remote uh, push cart, but you don't push it. It just gets because remote and it, and it goes in with your bag. And so you don't have to, cause I want to start walking the golf courses. Cause I was like, at least I should be doing that as walk instead of driving the cart. And, uh, and I was carrying the bag on my shoulders, but then it's like, that to be, should be gets bad for your back and stuff like yeah. that. So you just remote control and you just, you just put, it's called back caddy. It's pretty great. I want to start playing more golf. I got golf club. I got golf clubs for the girls for Christmas and I got them golf lessons. <clears throat> and then, and then, and then there was this, uh, in order to get golf lessons, there's one place they were like, if you join the club, it's pretty cheap to join the club. They're like, we can give you golf, golf lessons for free. And I was like, well, that's a fucking no brainer. So I joined this club and I want to go play, but I don't know anyone there. And I definitely don't want to be paired with anyone else. Cause well, I know you have a hard time meeting people, but it's I, <laughs> I think you could go and- no what happens what happens is 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 uh I'll, i mean inevitably and then this has happened so many times to me i'll go to play golf i'll bring my clubs i'll uh get paired up with it'll be me and my dad and we'll get paired up with two other people or it's me by myself and i'm paired up with three other people and someone yeah. will recognize me and then i turn it on for the rest of the time i'm the machine the entire round and i can't yeah. just be me like i can't just be like like they'll be like, you want to do shots? And I'm like, yeah, let's do a fucking shot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. But you joined the club, like a private club, right? Yeah. So it's like there you can go play alone, which I don't can know you? like that. Yeah. And so I go play alone a lot. Like it's pretty great. You listen to this music or just do whatever. And what's what I like about it so much is it's, it's golf is the, the focus you have to have for golf takes away all the thought of us, of this business that we're in. Because our business is, is 24 hours a day. We're not, all we do is think about jokes or what we yeah. need to be doing, whatever. And so when you go, when I go golf, I just feel I'm thinking about like the shot and like what I'm working on and doing. And like it just for four hours or I go, or if you go play by yourself, I mean, and it's not crowded. I mean, you can go play in two hours. Like, you, you oh, I could do I could race through a course. Let me tell yeah. you something. If you go, if I go hit balls. I, if I hit balls by myself, I break an aggressive sweat and do it until my hands bleed. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I fucking tear through a bag of balls. Like, I'll just, a bucket of balls. I will literally uh, just, I'll just hit driver, probably j- driver, maybe seven iron. That's it. And then I'll, maybe I'll pull out like a three iron or a two iron, see if I can crank that. I'll hit a persimmon a few times. And then I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm out. Have you ever watched this? This funny, reminds me of Three Iron, but this there's a guy on Instagram called Guff, uh, Golf Club Pro, no. uh, and it, uh, it's a uh, no club pro guy, and he just does like uh, he just he works he works at a bad course. It just makes it's very golf related jokes, but it, it, he takes he's, he'll take emails, and uh, he said someone was like, "What do you do if your wife says she want to play with you?" And he goes, uh, he's like, at first you got to, uh, you know, 
you basically got to, because you don't want to play with your wife. And so you just kind of first call her bluff, like go take her out there and then be like, let her try it. And then she's probably going to be like, I don't really want to do this. And then not be done. He's like, but if she still wants to do it, then I volunteer to be her coach and then take her out and hit and let her hit a bucket of three irons, <laughs> which are the worst club to hit. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the one your hands shake and the, I mean, it's a nightmare to hit. It's no fun hitting three irons. I was trying. I was, I was trying to tell someone. I think it might have been George Lopez, like or Bill Burr. I was trying to explain to him why I golf, and I and I I don't golf for the right reasons. Like I only golf for the holy shit moments. Like I, the only reason I golf is for the oh my god, you cleared the water. Like, I didn't think you're going to clear that. Oh my God. That's a, like, I go for every shot. I don't ever play it safe. I don't find a, a purpose in playing it safe because no one, no one ever brags about a layup on a, on a par five. Like I, I want that <laughs> moment where you go, where you dot it. Like we were playing, uh, we were playing spyglass. Was it spyglass or Spanish Bay, Spanish Hill? Yeah. Which one is it? Spanish, Spanish yeah. Bay. I think we we're playing Spanish Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we we're playing Spanish Bay, me and my dad, and uh and we're playing with this Canadian couple and um I fucking tag a drive. I mean, I really get a hold of it. And I'm like, I think I can get to the green. I think green's over water. I go, I think I can get to the green from here. And and the guy, this Canadian guy, just a fucking sap. He's like he's like, oh, it's it's going to be a lot to carry it. And as soon as he said that, I went, "Well, I'm definitely going for it." And I don't give a fuck if I lose a ball. I don't give a shit. I'm going for it. I go for it. I hit it maybe three yards from the pin, tap it in for an eagle, only for the look on that motherfucker's face. The look on his face where I go, that's, I, this is so sick in my head, Nate. I go, that's who you are. That's, you're the guy that laid up. That's why you are, this is a, like, that's why you're married to her. Is because you yeah, laid up for it. In Canada. Yeah, that's, that's why, why you were born in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like this really. I, mean, I we played, we played, we played. Yeah, uh, even, you know, even God knew you wouldn't go for this, <laughs> and that's why He had you born in Canada, and I was born in America. <laughs> I took my shirt off. I sunk that butt, <laughs> Nate. I put it on my Instagram. I fucking had my. I had the late the chick Instagram it for me. I, I played, I'll tell you what, the greatest golf shot I've ever hit, probably the greatest golf shot I've ever hit, uphill, 325, uphill, and I uh, drove the green. That's the my favorite golf shot I've ever hit. And then I four-putted, but I, I drove the green. <laughs> got, a, got, a, got a four-putt guy out of there. Yeah. Uh, what is your score? Like, do you, what's your, what do you think you shoot? 80s, uh, 90s? Probably bogey golf. Like, yeah, like high 80s. Yeah, probably high 80s. I probably flirt. I've, I've had, it's weird if I go out and play. So like if I flew out to Nashville and I played with you tomorrow, I would, yeah. I would shoot amazing. Like you'd go, Jesus, you're like a fucking scratch golfer. And then the next yeah. day we played, I'd be all over the place. And you'd be like, what happened to your game? And I was like, I, I'm thinking about it now. The second yeah. I, I start have, playing too much, I have this like, I got to get over the hump to start to get back into a regular golf game. Yeah. Well, what I love about it is how much you, uh, 
it's, 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 it, to be a scratch golfer is insane. So I like, for me, I've gotten down to like a four handicap and yep. to get from a four to a scratch is pure it's, insanity. Yeah. It's, 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 it's near impossible to, to get to, to get to that point, how consistent you got to be, how good at putting and chipping you got to be and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I definitely want to come play with you. Yeah, you definitely should come down here and play. Oh, I'd love uh, to. I'd love to. I would, I would love I'm doing, that. I'm, I put a simulator in my house right now. Yeah. What is it? Tell me about those simulators. Cause I, my, now that my daughters are playing, I want to get one of those. Cause I, I saw someone's dad turn their garage into a simulator and he just plays golf online with his buddies all day. Yeah. It's so there's a bunch of when you can get like, there's a uh, track man is the one that a lot of the uh, pros use and stuff like that. And then there's also uh which is one I'm getting. And then there, there's also full swing, which is one maybe you're that. Uh, so your daughters would love because there they have like golf and you can, there's a, even a gun one uh, where you can shoot guns and, you know, it's like a video game in a sense, but you can hit soccer balls into a net. Uh, on it on top of also playing golf and you can do a lot of different kind of you can play a lot of different games but you know uh the most unused scholarship in all of college is uh women golf uh hey. no one no one no, they, they don't have enough to you could they could go to some college on scholarship with uh women's golf because there's just not enough of them that want to do it uh yeah. they, can have, they have their ticket wherever they want to go like go, go play college golf Isla went for her first lesson and it was, she sent my, my other daughter took a video of her, her very first swing. I mean, beautiful. And I went, oh shit, this kid might be able to play. And then my wife did her swing and it was so gross. I wanted to divorce her. I was like, <laughs> it was, it made her look ugly. Like the way she did it. I was like, you're not holding your body sexy. Like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah. It's uh yeah, you got to get them. It's good when they learn it. Uh, because they, they have no habits. Like that's what the hard part too is like so many times if you play real and you're really young and never did a lesson and you go try to do a lesson now, you've got so many bad habits built into you that it's so hard to get rid of all that stuff. But if they've never played and you do it right where you give them lessons like that, then they can pick Then they usually, because the swing is very, I mean, it's kind of like your body just knows how to do it. It's almost like it makes sense. And then you get yeah. in stuff in ways where, it goes bad yeah god i want to play golf right fucking now like it's funny i've been talking about golf a lot lately and i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of bryson dechambeau yeah very fun i mean uh, him, that guy's uh, a fun guy to watch play golf right i mean yeah dude he's just i mean he's killing it he's like the fact that he's trying all this stuff and when he hit that drive this weekend and like just pointed at it and went over i mean it's that's just, the, but that's why you play golf i mean that's everything yeah. God, man, I'm really bummed what's going on with Tiger with all the fucking shit because he was, he, you know, he really got me into golf watching it. Like I started watching it because of him. Well, the, so many people with, with Tiger, like Tiger was like, was my, I remember my, watching Michael Jordan, but mm -hmm. I was, you know, but I, you know, he was, when he first started winning in like 93, I was like 12, 13 years old. I don't know how much I was paying attention to it. But the back half, the last three, when he retired and came back, I remember really watching yeah. and, 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 and loving it. But Tiger was the first kind of like that kind of Michael Jordan type person that I watched. I was along for the whole ride. Like I was like, you know, let me see what this is about and seeing what he was able to do. I mean, it's crazy. When you hear all the records, every time they do a record, they're like, 
this guy just did his record. The only person ever to do it was Tiger Woods. Like it's always Tiger is always the record that they are always going to bring up. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it stinks, dude. Like he's the, he's the greatest. He's the, the best. I wonder if he'd be a tough guy to meet though. Like you think, uh, you know, it's like some of those guys like Michael Jordan. I've always heard Michael Jordan would be, you know, I don't know how three, you would, you wouldn't leave being like, dude, that guy was the greatest. <laughs> I loved it. You know, like it would, you're you're an interesting guy because you you have like celebrity friends but you're an interest you're like segura segura has a lot of celebrity friends too and you guys don't make note of it and you kind of like you kind of just like i'll be your friend but like i don't give a shit about who you are i'm not that guy like if i met tiger woods i would be over the moon about it i'd keep saying oh my god you're fucking tiger woods like i'm 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 still like a i'm a i'm always a fan first i think that even in stand-up and i think it's part of how I've 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 run my business is going. What would I want to see from someone I'm a fan of? Like, what would I want the people I love to do? And then I just do that. And so I try. I like like one of my biggest things ever was when Chris Farley started. And this is maybe not the best way to look at my career, but when Chris Farley started doing stuff that wasn't the shit that I liked. Or John Belushi is a better example. I was like, man, just go back to the shit I like. Like, I, I'm always here for the shit I like. And that's what I love about Will Ferrell is Will Ferrell has kind of always known what made, what we love about him. And he does Anchorman 1, Anchorman 2, you know, to, and, and he goes to his sweet spot. And I'm always like, don't like stay in your lane. I, I always say to myself, stay in your lane as much as you can. Like, take some big swings, get out of the box, but like... Yeah, I agree. Do what, do what, do what you you do. I, I totally, I'm, I'm, I'm a complete fan of that. I think people get bored with what they do. And, uh, you know, you know, who used to always talk about it was, uh, Howard Stern would talk about it with the Napoleon dynamite guy. Uh, what I forget his name right now, uh. but that guy, they were like, you know, the kid that played Napoleon dynamite, it's like, be that guy. Why don't you go be that guy? You, that guy was everything. Everybody loved that guy. And then he wanted to like do some other stuff. And then everybody's like, ah, you know, they're not on board with like the other stuff. And then it's like, no, yeah, go back to that thing. That was the thing that made you. That's the reason who you are and do that. I, yeah. I, I, I more people should do that. I, I look at like, I look at, um, you know what? I, I told you this a long time ago, but, uh, I had a joke about, I had a joke about something and, and we were on the bus and everyone goes, oh, that's such a Bargazzi joke. And I went, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, that's like, don't you, can't you hear Nate delivering that joke? And I went, oh shit, I can. I think I ended up telling you about it, about there being yeah. a jack in the box in my backyard, my, my gardener, yeah. the conversation we had, he cut down the tree and I could see the jack in the box sign. And I was like, yeah, you cut down the tree. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I, now I can see the jack in the box sign. And he's like, yeah, you don't like jack in the box. And I was like, no, I, I love jack in the box. I just don't want it advertised in my backyard. And he was like, why not? It's, uh, it's jack in the box. And like, it was like, it's just a crazy yeah. conversation. But I, I, I do that like, you'll, you know, some comics will try to fuck with you, I think. And they'll be like, like guys will go, so you're just going to, you're just going to do stand up with your shirt off for the rest of your career. And then I just go, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Because the yeah. second I go, I think I'm going to wear a suit on stage. Everyone's going to go, what the fuck happened to Bert? <laughs> he listened to the people yeah. he shouldn't have fucking listened to. Yeah. Well, it's like when you start, yeah, when you're selling those theaters out, you're like, yeah, my shirt's off. You're like. Yeah, we're in a pretty big room because my shirt's off. So I'm gonna yeah. keep that shirt. Like oh, that's yeah. what it is. I want. I and you don't have to think about dude, how much, how fun it is to not have to think about what you're wearing on stage. Oh, do you have no I, idea? You have no idea. I've thought about that. 
I've thought about a suit only just to get it narrowed down to one thing. Like you just, I just want to wear, I wear a hoodie a lot. Cause you're like, I just want to wear the one thing on the road. And like, that's what I wear. That's what my thing is. And yeah. I don't wear anything. And it's so, you know, and when you get to take your shirt off, you're like, you got your jeans, your shirt doesn't matter. There it is. You're done. Yeah, dude, it was the greatest. It's the greatest feeling to not stress about what you're wearing during a special at all. And just go, I'm shirtless. The one stress I have is I make sure that like, the dog's getting in bed with me the week before so they don't scratch my chest because I was like, that's a fucking game changer. If I have a big paw print across my chest. <laughs> but yeah. Have you, I, had any, have you had an incident ever where you had anything? Um, No. No. I, my, I, But like there's little things I'm cognizant of, of like, is there lint in my belly button? Because that's a distracting. That's very distracting. You check that, like the way I check my zipper before I go out. You, just, <laughs> you, you want to swipe and then go. All right, we're good. Uh, <laughs> I do that. My zipper. Have you ever done a show with your zipper down? Oh yeah, I did a show where my dick came out. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up. Yeah, I, I ended up writing a joke about it because I think it was in my last special or whatever. But it's I um my dick came out of my pants on stage and I couldn't see it because of my belly. Yeah. And I just it just felt cold. And I ended up uh it happened again with my wife. What was happening was I was so fat that when I sat down, my zipper would just automatically open. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, I wasn't meant for this kind of stress. I can't hold this together. You can feel like the breeze. Like I feel like that's how you know how you lick your finger and you hold it out. Like that was the <laughs> That was the first original way you just throw that out. You're like, on east. You know? I had, I had such a huge chunk. I whittled it down. Cause I was like, yeah, my, my dick just every now and then wants to hitchhike. It just sticks its yeah. thumb out. And then, and I go, yeah, it's, it's so, ca I can't feel it. Cause it's, cause I never wear underwear. So it's always on a zipper and people are like, doesn't that hurt? And I go, eh, it's calloused. I don't feel it anyway. It's got a nail on the top of it. And so it's like a thumb, but the one joke I had was it's true is that it happened to me again in Gelson's. And I was with my wife and it was out of my pants and I was walking around with my dick out of my pants. Just, it just well, zipper like down. Callous, so you don't feel it cause it's calloused. I just, I don't, I don't like some people have sensitive dicks. I don't have a super sensitive dick. Well, yeah. Cause if it's, if it's been against the if it's, zipper, yeah, if it's been against the zipper, then it doesn't, you know, yeah. it, you know, then you're just, you, you don't notice it. Like, you know, the way you're supposed to. Yeah. I think so. you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to be able to notice it. Hey, who's on your podcast? Your podcast is great. I'm so glad you started doing a podcast. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bates, Aaron Weber, two uh, Nashville comments. Brian would always come on the road with me a lot. And then Aaron is a local comic from Nashville. He's got an uh, album out, uh, Shirts and Skins, uh, out right now on uh, iTunes. Number one on really? iTunes. Yeah. And he's very, very funny. And uh, so, yeah, we just did it because of the COVID stuff. But I've enjoyed it because, it, you know, just to, I, I, you know, I was at first didn't want to do it. Everybody was doing them. You know, and then you just get like, you're like, I don't want to do it. Everybody's doing it. You just feel like you're just following along what everybody's doing. But uh, it's it's been very, but this COVID stuff happened. It's just been fun to do and it's fun to be funny. And we just try to be funny on it. And like, you know, you just want to try to be funny. Hey, I always think with writing jokes, like you feel, because you tell stories, I tell stories. Do you always feel like it's hard where you go like, I don't know, every, you know, so we just taped this special. So I'm trying to come up with new stuff. And then you're like, dude, I don't know where 
I'm going to get these stories from. Like, I don't know. I don't have any yeah. of these stories. And like I, your next hour, you're just like, dude, my, you know, we get where you're like, dude, I stink. There's oh. nothing. Yeah, it's- I have, I have right now, I have um, a big, I don't know if you can see it, but a big, uh, a big, like poster board that I keep on my desk and I just write down bits and then I have my joke book and then I have my, um, my voice notes. And I, so I, you know, I, I, what I did is I wrote a new hour really quickly. I wrote a new hour like within like two months and, and it, and it was just, and it, it was great. It murdered, it murdered, it murdered so hard in drive-in movie theaters. So I was like, I was like, fuck, but I just didn't feel like, I don't feel like it's perfect. And, mm-hmm. but I, but I, I, and I felt like I hadn't grown up a ton. I, I felt like I was kind of telling some of the stories that people liked to hear me tell. And yeah. I wanted to grow a little bit and I didn't want my daughters to be the same aged morons that they are now. Like I wanted them to grow up into morons. Yeah. And so I was looking, I, I just, I always have my, and that's when you say like, it's exhausting to be a comic because you're on the whole time you're on. Everything is like, I'm kind of like got my my ear to the ground waiting for anything to happen where like I'm like, all right, we got a bit out of this. This is going to be a chunk. Yeah. And uh, and so for me, like when you have a great, great, great spe- for me, but not for anyone else. But how for me, when I know I have a great special is when I have so much material. Just all these all these little great things that I can try on stage and little laughs, like little stupid laughs that I can get here and there. And then I can take all those little things and plug them into the long form stories and, mm. and jump off the jump away from the boat, get back to the boat, that kind of stuff. That's when I know I have a good hour. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm taking a break for stand up for like a while, um, like five months and uh, like not doing any shows at all. And I'm kind of nervous that I will, it'll be gone. I'll be away for it for too long and I'll have to start all over from scratch. You know what I mean? You don't think you're going to do spots? Like if they open up, uh, I can't, I'm gone. Uh, so, all right. So you're, uh, yeah, that's tough. How do you won't lose it? I mean, you've done it too long. It actually might be refreshing. So I think can- I, you know, I used to, Burr used to say he, he had to come to the club to the store. And I was like, what are you doing here? And you know, he's like, Oh, I got to knock the rust off. I have a date. I've been on the stage in like two weeks. I used to like, you know, I like the rust on a little bit because it forces you to, it forces you to re it's like, it's like the first time you ride a, if you ride your bike every single day, you're like, yeah, great. But if you haven't ridden a bike in a while and then you get on your bike, you're like, Oh, this is fun. I forgot how fun this is. You know? Yeah. It's like this weekend was the first like full weekend of doing six shows hour, you know, and uh, the first couple of nights were very fun. And then, but then you also, you just get tired. Like you just start getting you know, like talking for an hour and, you know, when you're up there, cause it, with comedy, I always think it's just us. Like we never, you don't get a moment. Like, yeah. you know, if you're in a band, a drummer can go to the bathroom. He can just <laughs> leave and go to the bathroom. Yeah. You come back. Like you don't have, it's when all the attention's on you for an hour, like you don't have, I remember just sometimes making a turn off, you know, just so the audience can't see your face just so you can be like, you can like breathe. <laughs> <laughs> to be like god dude like it's just like it's so intense but having that what like that much material too is very important like because to go talk you know because you start doing those theaters i mean you need to be up there for an hour to an hour oh, yeah. minutes. and uh you know and i would always on this special because so i did those driving shows and i talk about that on the i talk about that on the special where they uh when when someone would leave early and you just see like a 
Ford F-150s lights hit you in the face because <laughs> he drives off before the show's <laughs> over. And you're like, all right, man, see ya. I told that I told that to Gaff again. He goes, right, right when I started doing him, Gaffigan called me. He goes, so you're doing these drive-ins? I go, yeah. He goes, how is it? I said, I'm going to be 100% honest with you because I want you to know everything. I said, I love them. I raced through my hour in like 35 minutes because I, I, but once you get to the laughter, it's great. Once you figure out what the laughter should sound like, then you're comfortable with it. You get it. And I, and he was like, well, they sound great. And I said, well, there's one draw Jim. And he goes, what's that? I said, when someone leaves early, you know, they leave early. It takes like a solid four minutes for them to get out of there (laughs) and they turn their car on headlights go on they back their car up and spray light everyone <laughs> oh fuck yeah it's the best i mean it's the worst but it's the, it's so funny when you see them i enjoyed them too but i went into it with the right attitude like you you have to go to it uh you know like i know some comics like were like i hated them it's like yeah if you go to them and think it's going to be a theater then yeah it's not fun but if yeah. you go to it knowing that these people are having a great time and they're having so much fun and they haven't got to go out and you just got to get used to it. I would have laughs as uh, like flashing the lights or honking the horn was like laughs. And then you also realize like, oh, just some response is all I need. I just yeah. need a little bit of response. But it was, you know, seeing 500 cars back flashing their lights. I mean, the one the show we did in Chicago, it's one of the best shows I've ever done in my so, life. Yeah. It was 45 degrees. It was raining, you know, like it was just, you know, it was almost like as close as we can get to like a Woodstock, like where it was just this unbelievable experience. And I looked at it all as I think the way you do is going like, yeah, I want to go see what it's going to be like out there. You don't want to be, what'd you do in a COVID? I stayed at home. You're like, no, we figured a way to do shows and we sat on a bus and we parked the bus. And it was one of the things that I remember when my career is over I remember that more than I remember anything. And we got to experience that versus people that didn't go do stuff. Dude, I, I, I'm, I am so with you on that in that it was, it was a blast. I mean, and you know, for me also is like, I, you know, I hadn't been out of the house. I hadn't been drinking and we got, we all got tested, got on the bus in California and then drove across the country to start the tour. Every time we did four tours. So yeah. we did drove. And so we would drive across the country and I hired a producer to go through and find shit for us to do and like go, all right, you can guys can float the float, the, the, the Rio Grande. And we're like, shut up. And so we had like a vacation going out and then, and then to quarantine, what I would do is I'd rent us a house somewhere and we'd spend two days in a house so that, you know, we're off the road. We're kind of quarantined so that we're not all having to quarantine in LA. It was a blast. And it wasn't like a financial windfall for me. I'll tell you that much, but, no, okay. but it wasn't, you're right in that I, Butler, Pennsylvania is one of the funnest shows I've ever had. Um, I'll never forget those shows because of how they were set up. You know, in Philadelphia, there were like 4,000 people. The furthest car away was a quarter of a mile away from me. And you're thinking, that's just, and it was like, and you know, you went there and the guys there all day, like it's a full crew of probably like 100 people. And they're like, every single one of them, hey, Bert, thanks for the work, buddy. And you're like, yeah, these guys haven't worked at all. You're providing opportunities. I would never want to, um, I would never, I think you have radio from Rob I'm Greenwald. Supposed, I'm supposed to do, uh, Tom and, uh, fortunes. Oh, really? Yeah. What time right now? I always said we can, they can push it a few. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up. 
Um, but yeah, you're right, Nate. It was I, it was a blast. I'm really glad I did it. I had a fucking really great time, and it was safe. And to give my sister went to me and Segura did one at uh, Rose Bowl at, at the Rose Bowl. I was and, there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were there. That's where I take my special that weekend. And my sister, who is very COVID conscious and had just given birth to a baby, mm-hmm. called and they were leaving. She was like, that was amazing. We got out of the house. We sat in our cars. We felt safe. We felt like we lived a life. We yeah. opened a bottle of rosé. We enjoyed our night. We watched the comedy. And I was like, thanks. That That's exactly what you want. You just, look, I'm not. You're going to do it for you. So here's what, I think you have a good mentality with what you do as your act. And something that I try to take from you is like you do it for fans and i have always liked that about you and then i try to do that it's not about us it's not about what our peers think of us it's not about like you taking your shirt off and they'll be like well why are you going to keep doing it? you like because they because that's what they like and that's what they do yeah. that's who's deciding how you even get to live the life that you live if they walk yeah. away you are done it doesn't matter if you know, Tom Hanks is like, well, I love you. Well, unless Tom Hanks is going to give you $10 million, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it about matter. these people that come out to these shows. They're in control of our careers and you owe it to them to uh, perform. You owe it to them to do the best you can for them and to make them have a good time. And if in that, if you don't have that attitude into it, then it's not going to work out. Like it's not, it's not going to, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to be fun. I I tell you, man, I, I, that is a huge compliment, first of all, but yeah, I do. I try to stay as close to what I think I would like and, and, and then just go like, Hey man, I'm not going to like, I don't really need, I don't need comics lined up in the back of the store to watch my set at all. I, I mean, if, if I am working on something new, I'll ask someone to watch it, but I don't need to be the comics favorite comic. I just need to be good and be able to make a living and fucking afford and then and then you know look play play a little golf we got it we got we still have to come up with that golf tournament idea i i, I want to do it i think it's a great idea i mean i think we should do it uh I, yeah i mean i absolutely want to do it i mean i, well, I had someone actually ask me about doing like a golf charity thing uh because people do that but i mean i think we should do an all things yeah like yeah. all things comedy tournament and uh you can make it like i like that Ryder cup style like i think it'd be fun you know the foreplay guys if you know them on barstool sports uh mm-hmm. but they do a lot of golf stuff they do a, a barstool classic which is uh they do a whole tournament where really guys, yeah playing it but i mean we could easily do it like you know well, we now could, that no one lives in la it's we could do it anywhere yeah, you're gonna. Ha- I mean, you're gonna have to do it somewhere. You need to find somewhere that's gonna let us do whatever we want. Scottsdale I mean, National. Someone hit up Bob Parsons. Get Bob Parsons on the phone, and Scottsdale National would be that kind of that kind of idea where you can do it, where we can go play and uh, just ride around and do whatever. Do you go? Do you get asked to get played on the road a lot? No, I don't. I never. Oh. Hey, real quick, tell me about your special. It's it airs when? It's Mark on the sixteenth. March 18th. March 18th? Uh, Thursday, yeah. Nice. Thursday the 18th uh, on uh, Netflix, The Greatest Average American, because uh, I always think that's what I am. Is uh, <laughs> uh, I'm an average American, but I'm the greatest at it. And the, clip, the clips that were online, the content online was great. 
It was great. I, I'm going to love this special. I saw that cl the clips and I went, fuck, I'm going to go watch it right now. I was in the sauna and then I couldn't find it. And I was like, that I really, I was like, they released clips too early. I, I, I'm fucking angry. I was like, I, I, I want to watch it. The second I see a clip, I want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm, I'm excited for it to come out. We left, we had some stuff happen cause it was outside. And so we left some of that stuff in and, and kept it, uh, I don't know. It was pretty fun. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was definitely a tough one to do because I had to build it. You know, normally we'd be in theaters building up to the special. And this one, I had to do driving dates to get kind of the first night because the audience had to get tested. You just, you take two shows. So we had 100 people. Audience had to get tested and they had to wear masks. And uh, I was doing like 64 minutes leading up to it. First night, first show, I do 43 minutes. That's how quick I flew through my material. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I mean, I, you know, when you get off and you're like, uh, I, you don't even want to know because you're like, it's, it's I was really up there. Uh, and so the second show, we had the, the crowd was mic'd. And so I was able to hear some laughs through the monitor. So the second show, we got the hour. But uh, and it was it's tough because when you can't see their faces either, you know, like if you can hear laughs, like you know, if I can see them smiling and stuff, you're like, all right, this is going good. And when you hide their face, so unless they're like laughing hard or shaking, you just, I mean, you're like, good night. Nice. I good. was killing that guy in the second row. They're like, oh, he has MS. And you're like, oh, never mind. God, he hated it. You're like, oh, man. I By the way, I don't think MS is the right one. I think it's Parkinson's. Anyway. Either way. A lot of um, shit. I can't wait to watch it, man. You you really are one of my favorite comics. I love I love the way you do stand up. I, it makes me giggle hard as fuck. And, uh, and I can't wait to watch this special. Um, thanks buddy. All the and, same. Thing. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's golf. I want I really want to golf with you. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm, I'm gone for a little while. And, uh, and then I'm, when I'm back, I'm going to, I've ever, I think everything should be open when I'm back and I'm going to live a fucking life when I get back. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting yeah. for you. Buddy. Awesome. Well, congrats on the special brother. Go tell, enjoy Tom and fortune. Tell them I said, hi, I will. And, uh, and I'll talk to you later, okay? All right, buddy. All See right. you. See you later. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.